one of the things I think a lot of advisors should be talking to their clients about is how do you actually sort of step into retirement in a graduated basis? Hi, I'm John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. Recent market volatility has people thinking about guaranteed income sources in retirement, and there's no bigger one for most Americans than Social Security. But when to claim and how to best pair it with other retirement income sources are critically important questions. Thankfully, Sri Reddy, Senior Vice President with Retirement and Income Solutions at Principal Financial Group, is here to answer. He joins us to discuss inflation and COLA adjustments, possible help at Secure 2.0, and much more. Sri, what's going on with Social Security in this inflationary environment? Is it going to be one of the largest COLA adjustments ever? You know, we've already seen that, John. I mean, I think a lot of retirees saw a, a fairly significant cost of living bump January 1 of this year. I think there's probably going to be some more trickle effects of that going into 2023 as well. Uh, what I'll tell you is Social Security is one of the best kept tools in most retirees' baskets for that reason. It's one of the few things that they have, which really is inflation indexed. So as long as you've claimed it at the right time, it covers your non-discretionary expenses. For most retirees, it should uh, help deflay some, some of the inflationary concerns. Are Social Security recipients getting better about claiming strategies? And by that, I mean, are advisors explaining the benefits of delaying the start, how it works with other assets and all those other issues that affect the amount? Yeah, great, great question, John. Uh, I, I, my gut tells me and my hope would be to say, yes, they're getting better. But when you look at the data, even though life expectancy is going up and even though uh, most people recognize that they're going to be in retirement much longer, you're starting. most people still claim Social Security as soon as they can, which is around 62 which is disheartening because we know that you get an immediate almost 8% increase for every year you delay claiming Social Security. And that's probably the best way for most retirees to think about retirement income planning. But unfortunately, they don't. Do you have a position one way or another about whether or not it's best to take the 401k first and save Social Security, take Social Security first and save the 401k? And is there an emotional aspect to it when it comes to how they claim? I think there is, right? So when it comes to Social Security, most people think of it as a system they've paid into, and hence they've earned a right to claim Social Security, which is why I think for when it comes to claiming, people go in thinking, hey, it's my money. I'm entitled to it, so let me take it as soon as I can. Now, the problem with that is going back, people are living longer. You're going to be in retirement a whole lot longer, and there's not a lot of tools most retirees have that can keep up with inflation. So delaying it is probably the single best way of doing it, but I don't think it's a binary choice of do you use your 401k or IRA savings or Social Security. One of the things I think a lot of advisors should be talking to their clients about is how do you actually sort of step into retirement in a graduated basis, whether that means you think about a second career, whether that means you think about a part-time work schedule, something to ease transition in that both gives you structure, ability to add value to others. And also helps you delay taking retirement assets, whether it's from yourself or from Social Security too early. You know, when you look at Social Security, I think it, at, at, a, at a base, it's a $250,000 annuity paying 5%. Um, is it explained that way? Do you think that advisors are getting better about explaining it so it maybe just allays some of the fears that people have about retirement? Uh, I, I don't think it comes into the calculus of, of lots of conversations, right? Because annuities are hard for people to understand if you're not familiar with them. Understanding that in context of what real returns are interest rates are hard. And on top of it all, 
this is not something that's one claiming strategy for everyone because you could have both uh, individuals in a couple that worked. You could have divorces and remarriages affecting Social Security claiming. The higher earner and when they claim makes a difference. You could have widowers. So there's a whole bunch of complexity that goes into this. But I think what people and advisors recognize is Social Security is a bedrock and a foundation. So if you build off of that as your planning vehicle, everything else can sort of nicely supplement and build out your retirement income horizon and plan. Understood. Let's turn to Secure 2.0. Is there anything in it that can help us if we face a sustained market downturn or even a recession? Yeah, the, the biggest, uh, the there are lots of really good things in Secure 2.0. I think this notion of delaying required minimum distributions and having a mental reset of when people think of retirement as an age, whether it's 70, 72, or beyond, I think is a great starting point. A, a second point is rather than fixing the account balances, which drive a lot of the emotion and a lot of the, sort of the behaviors when it comes to, to investments, by shifting that, having people think about what does that mean in terms of sustained lifetime income, just having lifetime illustration on statements, all of those things I think will help generate better outcomes as people stay focused on the longer term. Is this a situation where we never let a crisis go to waste and a pullback in the market might actually spur even more retirement savings-based legislation? Yeah, I mean, so the market levels, listen, while they're all exciting when the market is going up, here's what I talk to people about all the time. This is both advisors as well as individual savers. None of us like buying anything at full price. So if you still have 5, 10, 20 years to go to retirement, having the market be at all times high may not be the most favorable environment for you especially if you're still buying into the market. At the same token, what I tell people is, if you're retiring, don't do it just based on your account value, especially sitting at market highs, because sequence of return risks and how you draw down your assets can significantly impact your success in retirement. So make sure you've got a plan that lets you weather the next six months, next three to five years, five to 10 years, and so forth, and even longer term, but you need to, for people who are entering retirement today, I, I've given the same advice now for the last 20 years. You're going to presumably be in retirement for 20, 25, 30 years. So at least some portion of your assets need to be exposed to the market so they can actually grow, keep up with inflation, and provide for you 25, 30 years down the line. But the shorter term needs, make sure they're invested in a way that makes sense for you. The other, other point I'll tell folks is historically, we know that there's inverse correlation between bond returns and, and equity returns. That being said, when you're sitting in all-time low interest rates and you're sitting in all-time high equity markets, that correlation doesn't hold the weight historically has held. So you should really think about other instruments, whether it's CDs, fixed deferred annuities, other income creation tools to supplement your portfolio beyond just traditional stocks and bonds. What's your take on annuities in uh, 401k plans, um, you know, lifetime income solutions? Is that something that uh, that you think will be adopted widespread? You, you know, my, my simple answer, John, is I hope so, because I think having access to institutionally priced annuities, which are the best way to sort of risk diversify your longevity and investment returns, it is a wonderful way of safeguarding uh, lifetime income. That being said, there are a few impediments for widespread adoption. First and foremost, they're complex features, which is why oftentimes for retirees, advisors have to do a lot of the education to make sure they understand what they're getting with an annuity. Having people self-select is not always the easiest thing unless you make it a default investment or some other vehicle. 
The second challenge is every retiree situation is slightly nuanced and different. And while 401k plans and other worksite benefits try to provide the, the greatest benefit for the most number of people, there may be other solutions in the retail marketplace that are more well-suited for individuals. So that's point two. And po- point three, while I certainly hope that the 401k at their current employer is the biggest base of retirement savings, for a lot of employees, they may have worked for more than one or two employers in their life. They may already have IRAs. They may have already uh, not consolidated their vehicles in the past. So trying to have an annuity vehicle with their own their existing employer may not help them take advantage of their retirement savings the way they need to anyway. Sri, do we have a retirement inc- uh, crisis in this country, or is it media hype? Uh, w- what I believe, John, is I think we could have a retirement crisis. I think we still have time to stave one off. Here's what I will offer up. When you look at the, the demographic mix and the income quartiles in this country, the 401k, the retirement system, actually does what it's meant to do. And what I mean by that is, Ebre, the Employee Benefits Research Institute, has put out studies that show that whether you're in the bottom quartile or you're in the top quartile, income replacement rates uh, are generally made up of a few different buckets. So if you're in the bottom quartile, Social Security makes up almost 100% of what you're earning pre-retirement. Does that mean you're going to live comfortably in retirement? No, I can't say that. But what I can tell you is you're going to have a similar uh, lifestyle that you have pre-retirement. As you move up the income quartile brackets, Social Security makes up less and less as a percentage of your pre-retirement income. But what you find is those are the people who are actually saving in worksite-based retirement plans, who are saving outside of the retirement system, who are also preparing to make up that shortfall. So generally speaking, I I think the system works. Uh, Are there ways of improving it? Without doubt. Because participation and access are still somewhat limited. If you work for a smaller employer, you may not even have access to a retirement plan. Uh, If you are uh, a woman or if you are someone of uh, a minority population, you probably are working in a smaller employer, oftentimes making less wages than the general populace. So you may not be able to save as much. So there are gaps like that I think we need to still address and and help with, including investment options, et cetera. But I think the system, uh, system works. We have to take some steps now to prevent a crisis from occurring. Just be ready. That is exactly what we needed. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. John, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.